Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. TheraWorks Relief absorbs quickly, isn't greasy, and has a light green apple scent. It doesn't contain menthol or have a strong smell. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. All right, so today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Ken Sternfeld, who is the founder and director of new business development at RxVIP. Ken had a career in retail pharmacy at CVS prior to his new company, which was founded in 2015. And there is so much to RxVIP. You've got a concierge line, pharmacogenomics, all kinds of fun things. And we're going to talk Pharmacy Friday too. So Ken, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. Thank you. Well, there are a lot of gaps, (laughs) but uh, I am a pharmacist. My dad was a pharmacist. So um, I went to St. John's University and the day after I graduated, I went to work for my father-in-law in in consumer electronics. So I took a 27-year break from pharmacy. And I must tell you, when I came back, uh, it was slightly different than when I left. But what wasn't different is that my passion and my desire to work with patients like my father did still remained. So I went back and I was hired by CVS Pharmacy and worked there for about uh, close to 10 years as a uh, staff pharmacist, floater, manager and uh, really enjoyed the interaction with the patients. And then unfortunately, because of a number of um, health issues, I had to take some leave of absence. And I realized that while I was out on leave, I was really missing something in my heart, more so than even the physical therapy that I needed to do. And I wanted to do something different. And that's why I developed RxVIP Concierge back in uh, around this time in 2014. Awesome. Well, Ken, oh, sorry, go, go, go ahead. I was just going to say it's not too often that we get to see founder behind a pharmacist name. So I uh, just wanted to hear more about your entrepreneurial spirit. Well, in the consumer electronics industry, I had uh, built out a number of business models in the bridal industry and the health and fitness industry. And I realized that for pharmacists, really a pharmacist doesn't really Uh, They go to work and they really don't, in many cases, look for that entrepreneurial business spirit. So I found what I really was missing, which was my passion for the industry. So when I call it a founder, I really found myself and I found the ability for me to find a way to help patients. It wasn't in the retail environment. So when I put founder behind my name, I also allowed me to find other like-minded individuals Uh, who joined me on the journey over the last uh, four years. So um, I guess that's why I call myself a founder. Yeah, well, absolutely. And 
So that's really interesting just because a lot of times I, I talk with pharmacists and and they do branch out and, and go into the business world and start their own businesses and whether it's consulting or, or other types of um, services. But uh, you had some good experience in the business sector, uh, which had to have been really helpful. Um, but tell us a little bit more, I guess, about your journey and and how you developed RX VIP, and uh, maybe you know how you picked the different service lines, and, and definitely share the story about the Pharmacy Friday, how you were sitting in uh, doctors' offices. I love I love that story. Well, thank you, Hillary. Um- I was working full-time at CVS at the time, as I mentioned. I happened to be off on Fridays. Uh, It was a time in my life where, sadly, um, I had recently lost my father-in-law. He had uh, suffered an adverse drug reaction. Uh, That didn't kill him, but it caused a tremendous amount of lifelong problems for him until we ultimately lost him. And I had a big void in my life, and I was off on Fridays, and I went to the doctor. I went to the doctor because I was depressed. I thought almost to the point of being clinically depressed because I wasn't able to fill the void of losing someone who I cared for uh, so much. And I had cared for him as a caregiver. You know, there's the last few years of his life, we all are caregivers, whether we're a family member or even as pharmacists, we're caregivers. And then when he passed, I needed something to fill that void. So I went to my doctor on a Friday and I said, hey, I'm clinically depressed. Uh, uh, my, my feet hurt, my back hurt, I'm working hard at retail. I said, I just need something to help me. And as a normal doctor is, he would normally say, let me give you a pill. But I, he didn't. He said to me, well, let's talk about what are the things that make you happy and how can we find ways? And he really counseled me. And he was a concierge physician. He was someone who didn't rush me in and out, you know, in 10 minutes and 15 minutes. And he sat with me and we figured out that I was missing that interaction, that personal connection that I had with my father-in-law. And I decided, I said, well, when I grow up, I want to be what you do, doctor. And his name was Dr. Goodman, Michael Goodman. And I said, let me come in on a Friday and let me talk to people. And he said, well, you know, you're a nice guy, Ken, but can't actually pay you. I said, no, this is about my therapy. Let me talk to people and see if I can help them on a path to better health. And he said, okay. And that's how Pharmacy Friday uh, was initiated, started. And that's really how RxVIP came to be. Wonderful. And RxVP has so many different service lines. Uh, can can you share a little bit more? And you also are, I, f- I failed to mention that you're also uh, doing podcast hosting as well and do the PGX pharmacy podcast so people can check you out over there. So I know you're very interested in pharmacogenomics. Uh, Can you tell a little bit more about uh, that service line? And then I'd love to hear more about the concierge pharmacy work that you're doing as well. Sure. Um, In 2014, really RxVIP started with chronic care management. It was at that time that Medicare was initiating a new program and it was for doctors. And even though I'm not a PharmD, I always consider myself part of the healthcare continuum, even though we're not recognized as providers. So I did research on it. Again, I had lost my father-in-law. I was Googling for chronic care, ways to help him, things like that. And I came across 
a CMS program for chronic care management. It wasn't MTM. It wasn't medication therapy management, even though there was medication <clears throat> reconciliations involved. It was more care coordination. It was taking care of the whole patient, making sure that you could put them on a care plan and speak with them every single month if they had two or more chronic diseases as a Medicare patient. So I said to myself, who doesn't have more than two or more chronic diseases? So I went to my doctor and I said, would I be able to deliver chronic care management to your patients? And he said, yes, Medicare allows third parties. Hello, I became a third party and I delivered chronic care management to his Medicare patients and spoke to them about pharmacogenetic testing because it was so near to me. How do you put someone on medication if you don't know what's right? So I became an advocate for pharmacogenetic testing. I became, it's like ask your pharmacist or your doctor about if this test is right for you, who wouldn't want to take it? So that's how it started. And it's expanded to more practices, more pharmacists, more students of pharmacy because pharmacogenetic testing and offering the chronic care management, it's like a wonderful combination of patient care. Sure. Well, it certainly makes sense. So can share a little bit, I think people are really uh, seeing this new wave of pharmacy. You know, we've been talking about medication therapy management, medication management for quite some time now. And now pharmacogenomics is kind of this new wave uh, to combine both of those components where really a, f- a pharmacist in our knowledge fits right in. But but part the parts that I think some pharmacists may not quite get, like you made it sound so easy. Oh, I became a third party. And oh, I just started talking with different physician practices. Can you share maybe just a few little steps from that business perspective so that we might understand uh, a little bit of that background information too? Sure. Happy to. The, it, the business of pharmacy is, of course, the way that you get paid and compensated. And what I did was I really made it very easy. Collaborating with a physician in a collaborative practice agreement makes you part of the prescribing uh, entity. You want to take a more advanced position and do things for the doctor. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a someone who was the best pharmacist that could be in the practice. So through a collaborative business agreement, and these are standard business agreements, that he's also hiring you or hiring you like a nurse practitioner or an MA or a PA to be an extension of his or her practice, the practice at the height of your license. And that's exactly what I did. I learned about billing codes, incident two, direct and indirect uh, supervision. I studied the CMS guidelines. I studied, I went back to school, not literally, but figuratively, I took time to research the fact that I didn't want to be a doctor. I just wanted to be a pharmacist who worked collaboratively. That's the key because we're not providers. So through a business agreement, I was able to deliver these services, which are in part B. I am into the healthcare B, healthcare, not D. We're not dispensing any medication. So we have nothing to do with the part D. We've moved ourselves up the ladder as a healthcare provider, and it's easy. 
And I don't want anyone to think that they can't do it. They can. Get in touch with us. We'll show you. In 15 minutes, we can explain the model to you. Well, you've certainly made it sound very easy. And I think that that, that uh, breaking it down is so helpful because people see what you're doing. They get inspired. They, they want to use all of their skills and practice at the top of their license. And, uh, you know, being able to either, you know, replicate your model or, you know, I think you're expanding your concierge pharmacist as well. Um, so maybe we could segue into that, into how you're expanding. You've started in the, the New York area, but are expanding uh, in a couple other states. Is that correct? Yes. We started again with my physician. And I suggest anyone who wants to be a concierge pharmacist or PharmD is talk to your own physician. He or she knows you. They respect you. And we will be able to simply give you the opportunity where you could refer that practice to us, and we can put you in business in your own neighborhood, in your own community, so you can make money as a concierge service provider, a pharmacist or a PharmD, or even a student of pharmacy. We started with one practice, 250 patients. This year, God willing, we will reach 250,000 or more patients in 18 states. We've expanded into skilled nursing facilities, assisted living. Who doesn't take medication? We all do. There are 4 billion prescriptions written last year. As a pharmacist, introducing a life-saving test, a pharmacogenetic test, testing that gives you the information a physician needs to prescribe the right dose and eliminate trial and error, it's so simple to collaborate with physicians when you're saving lives. Absolutely. And what you're talking about is, you know, that patient-centered team-based care. So um, I think it's so important, and you're modeling this, that as pharmacists, we really need to be able to, you know, build those relationships with other uh, healthcare professionals and show, you know, what is the value that you're bringing? And, um, you know, a lot of times physicians do not have time to do uh, counseling. They're, they may not be catching all of the different medication interactions or, or things like that, or um, focusing in on those really uh, complex high-risk patients and doing some of this pharmacogenomic testing. So all of those things are right in the wheelhouse for a pharmacist. And uh, you've been able to put together a really great blueprint on how to um, how to build that partnership and, and take better care of patients. So love all of that work. Um, I just want to make one other point because everything you said is about what healthcare needs to be physicians and clinicians thinking about how they can advance patient care. But sadly, that's not always what the physician or the clinician thinks about. Healthcare is about money, okay? And sadly, sometimes that gets in the way of a physician making a decision. So what we did was our model creates an ongoing reimbursement revenue for the physician. Because if you can make a physician money, they are very happy to welcome you into their practice. And our model has no out-of-pocket expense to the physician or the, or the practice or the patient. 
to deliver the value-based services that we deliver. When they get paid, we get paid through compliant and and, and official and legal uh, fee schedules that are set up in a collaborative business agreement. So when you walk into a practice and say, I'm here to deliver patient life-saving care, and I can also increase the reimbursement in your office, you get a pretty good welcome in that practice. And it's made it very, very uh, easy for us to grow our business. It makes total sense. You've got to walk in and and really pitch yourself. So uh, you're pitching to that physician that you're going to be able to bring in um, more revenue and help them take care of patients. So you have, have got that dialed in, which is really wonderful. So Ken, with all that's going on in healthcare right now, how do you stay current? And you mentioned that that you went back and have have uh, reread or read the CMS guidelines, figured out billing and things like that. Is there anything else in specific uh, that you do just to keep up with all of these trends that are going on in the pharmacy field? I, I think the best way to keep up with trends is peer-to-peer conversation. Whether you're listening to your podcast, and, and there are 50 of them in a short period of time, and listening to thought leaders on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, or listening to to, to people who talk at, uh, at at conferences like summits that are put on, you know, by the medpreneurs or others. If you if you want to learn what's going on, listen. Okay, it's out there. The information is there. Um, look at the industry trends that come over on Pharmacy Today. Not every article might be right for you, but there might be something that catches your attention. Just be involved. Don't just drive to work and take what's going on in that shift as being what pharmacies should be. It's not. It's just one aspect. And if you want to be out of that environment, even one day a week, be knowledgeable. Listen. Learn. I'm still in school every day, even though I'm going to be 64 years old. and No, no, no school would probably take me. Uh, I'm listening. I'm learning about what's going on in our profession, because I believe there's never been a better time to be a pharmacist in our profession. Through the landscape changes and the craziness that's going on in healthcare, a pharmacist can find his or her spot and be a very important, valuable asset to any healthcare environment. Well, thank you, Ken. That goes right into our next question of what excites you most about the future of pharmacy? Well, you know, the future of pharmacy is so bright because of the bright PharmDs who are coming out of our educational uh, institutions. Now, on one hand, they're flooding the market. So let's let's be honest. Mm -hmm. There are more PharmDs graduating every year than there are jobs. That's not good, especially when they come out with huge financial debt and student debt. However, these are the next generation providers who drive us to be better pharmacists every day. Not because we're older, not because we make more money, but I, through my rotations that I do for hippies and appies, and we call something a mappy, where we give, to give someone even more advanced uh, practice experience to make them a concierge pharmacist. I learn from these students every single day. So what I see the future of pharmacy is it's in the hands of the next generation. So if you want to be in the next generation of pharmacy, 
give back to your profession, spend time listening to these students who come out. They're full of tremendous knowledge, tremendous passion for our industry. I wish I had that passion when I you know, was working at a CVS 10 years ago. Um, so that's what I think the future of pharmacy is, the wonderful, bright future that our PharmD candidates entering our profession have. Yeah, it, it's certainly inspiring. I love being able to give back as well and, and have students on rotation because they are learning a lot from from us, those who have, are, have already graduated or out in practice, but we are certainly learning from them and, and they keep us up on our toes. So, uh, Ken, as our final question, could you share some lessons learned uh, or maybe some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? That's a, that's a great question. It came up yesterday from my grandson, Max, who's six years old. And he says, Grandpa, what, you know, what do you do? You know, so I says, well, I'm a pharmacist. And he says, well, what's that? And, and it's interesting that, you know, at six years old, I can't expect him to know what that is. But I had to relate it to something that he could, he could understand. And I showed him a picture of a minion because he likes the minions. And I said, well, you know, pa, you know Grandpa Kenny is, is a minion pharmacist. You know, he looks like a little little yellow-shaped pill that runs around. He's crazy all the time trying to do things, and sometimes he's talking and you can't understand it. You know, and I work for people who maybe aren't the nicest people in the world, but I want to do good. So, you know, a pharmacist needs to do good. A pharmacist needs to remember why they went to school. And explaining what a pharmacist is is not that difficult. We're put on this earth to help patients and to keep them on a path to better health, and ultimately save their lives. And when anyone makes you put, lose that focus, whoever you're working for, you know, you're working not for the, the name on your lab coat, you're working for the patient. So I, I, I think the question, I don't remember the question, Hillary, I just remember my grandson looking at me and say, Grandpa Kenny, what, what do you do? And it was it was a challenge. All I can think of was the minions. <laughs> what a great analogy, though. I think that'll that will uh, stick in people's minds for sure. Um, well, Ken, it was such a pleasure to have you on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Really love all of the great work that you're doing with RxVIP and how you are seeing how pharmacy can play a role in and really digging into, okay, how can we get paid for that? Because, you know, we've had conversations before that, you know, the pharmacy, us as a pharmacy profession are, are very um, excited about provider status and moving towards that. But you, you know, just looked at, well, even without provider status, I can still make a difference and, and get reimbursed. I just have to look at these billing codes and get savvy with that. So, uh, kudos to you and thanks for taking that charge and um, helping pharmacists to show their value. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me on as a guest. You're a wonderful voice for our profession as well. And maybe you and I can co-author that book, Minion Pharmacists, and make a difference in that and, uh, and show people that there's something outside the box that they can do as a profession. So I thank you very much for doing what you do as well. Thank you, Ken. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. 
And if you're a student or new grad or resident and you are struggling with student loans, I know the guys over at Your Financial Pharmacist, and they have put together an online course just for you. Uh, So head over to www.pharmacyadvisory.com slash student loan course to check that out. And if you want to hear more about what I'm working on over at the Natural Products Resource Center, check out www.npr.center. And back to our sponsor to learn more about TheraWorks Relief, go to theraworksrelief.com and click on the healthcare professional link. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.